0: How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake, and I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going today, Dave?
1: Uh, it's going pretty good. Enjoying the, uh, the the Thursday vibes. Yeah, it's definitely
0: Thursday, and we're recording during the day during during the workday. <laughs> um, I adjusted the microphone slightly. I apologize if that threw anybody off, but yeah.
1: that's why we take our lunch breaks. Mm-hmm. it's not because it's you know federally required it's more because you have to account for your employees podcasts mm-hmm. when well, else so, are they gonna do it yeah it's
0: definitely not federally required i think like half hour is is, is most as uh is legally required but we've had the benefit of living in cushy desk jobs where they're just like i mean
1: yeah i guess you know sure eat lunch <laughs> hold on a sec your desk is cushy mine's so rigid and hard uh mm,
0: interesting i hear people are into that but uh no actually my desk is literally just a uh, for the time for recording it's a um it's like a laptop stand or like a projector stand or something like that it has room for literally the audio interface and the laptop um, I have my beverage sitting on the floor so I can reach down and pick it up
1: it's i've I've seen it. I feel like it's something that you'd give to an intern where you're like, Hey, listen, uh, some of the resources didn't come through yet. We'll get you set up at the desk eventually. Uh-huh. Uh, but this is where you're at for now the true uh
0: the true irony here is like I'm actually surrounded by boxes from like when we got the couch and stuff like that so i have large boxes all over this room if i were to just pile them in this corner it would be an objectively better desk for the purpose of (laughs) what we're doing right now um but yeah didn't think about that until we started recording
1: that would be a fun idea to just have a janky cardboard structure Mm -hmm. or like lattice of like yep it's it supports things (laughs) I think what would be funny is like to get that that
0: that desk shape out of the boxes, and then get Jenny to like uh, use permanent marker or something and like make a desk outline. Like, okay, these are the legs down the cardboard. <laughs> like, fill in the the table a little bit. I like that idea. It'd be funny. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely Thursday. Now this week's been real busy, so I'm glad we're recording a little bit later. Um, and not during the middle of the workday.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's always nice to have the the room for flexibility. Mm-hmm, yeah, I do kind of miss like um,
0: we used to play Smash over lunch or like watch StarCraft or do something like that. Those were those were fun times.
1: When did we play Smash over lunch?
0: That um, might have started more after you left, which oh. is kind of kind of unfortunate. But. Um, for a while, you know, like the big TV mm-hmm. that was was back there, uh, um, I saw some of the other guys that were like, they had their Switch set up, like the Switch on the little stubs that it stands up on, and they put it like on one of the desks, and they were all sitting in that center space between the cubes, and they're just watching this tiny little Switch screen um, playing Smash, and I'm like, what is wrong with you people, and <laughs> just walked over, grabbed this like big TV. I guess for the listeners, what's well, probably like thirty inch or something like that. It's it's real big. Um, carry it over, drop it down on the desk, HDMI
1: in. I'm like, there you go. <laughs> Went back up and continued <laughs> whatever I was doing. Um, it is funny to see like certain things that you notice in other people that you might not notice in yourself as far as habits of oh, I, I just do it this way because, you know, it's the most straightforward thing. You're like, uh-huh. You could improve it by doing one simple thing. You're like,
0: oh, oh well, yeah, I guess you're right.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I get that a lot.
0: Um, and it, it always... Part of growing up, I guess, or, or getting older is, like, it always hits you, crap, this is such a simple thing that I could have been doing better for so long, right? Like, the, the realization of how much... This could have been already improved, <laughs> you know? Uh really, really continues. Um, but that's fun. You know, it means that there's always stuff to learn. So don't use the little baby switch screen if you have a 30 inch television nearby. <laughs> that's
1: that's my life advice.
0: It comes comes early in the podcast.
1: My advice comes later, so you'll have to tune in for that. Oh, my gosh. And I'll have to think of something over the course of the next fifty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> sounds about right. But
0: you know what you could use a Switch screen for? What's that? Playing video games. One of those games that's on the Switch is um, Devolver Digital's Cult of the Lamb, made by Massive Monster.
1: That sounds interesting and fun. Please tell me more.
0: That's all I got. That's That was the extent of my prep for this episode. Um, no, I didn't play it on the Switch. <clears throat> Because you know, PC. <laughs> I, I didn't play it. <laughs> <laughs> and that would that would be funny. It's like let's just go back to talking about furniture with drawings on it. Um now Cult of the Lamb was uh I, I think part of it is because this this year it has not been super hyped for games, for me at least. It's got Elden Ring. Yeah,
1: that I'm pause was the in, just came out.
0: Yeah, intentionally left blank. Like I I really haven't picked up much else. Um, I know there
1: was a second Horizon game that came out, but like Yes. I can't be fucked to even look at it until it's like 6 years from now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean that's I don't want a AAA open world. It's going to be very much like the the first one I played.
0: Mhm. Yeah, I mean we had, we had an episode earlier in the year that goes into, you know, what we were kind of looking forward to um, this year and I feel like it was probably a little more difficult it was probably kind of difficult then but since then even more things have kind of fallen off um so it sounds it sounds like we're negging Cult of the Lamb to be like <laughs> no, no. hey no other no good games came out so we played this but like, honestly it was one of the ones i was excited for
1: yeah there there is very few on my radar in general cuz i'm very much in my own lane and wheelhouse of like, I don't like many things. When I do like something, I'm like, I hope it's good. Mm-hmm. Um so like for me, it was I think tunic was uh this year yeah. as mm-hmm. well. And I was excited for that. And then Cult of the Lamb just looked super interesting and cute. Mm-hmm. So I was following up on that. And a lot of people were thankfully in the same boat. So we have a bunch of friends on Discord who are also have played through it already or are playing through it now. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to have that cult. Mm hmm. I,
0: I would say like um to to support your your statement there that like y- when you like a game, it's generally because it's pretty good. I don't think you've ever recommended a bad game to me. The closest thing was something that was like, this is kind of social. I'm not sure if it's going to be great or not, like Back for Blood. Right. Like a lot of people got into Back for Blood initially, and I was like, ah, maybe, oh, yeah, maybe kind of. But you never were like, you got to pick this up
1: no um and usually with any type of game recommendation i try and tailor it to the person so if i'm recommending games to rachel i won't Mm -hmm. do anything that's like difficult for the sake of difficult right um it usually has super meat boy yeah no like because that's not her her jam whereas Mm -hmm. sometimes i might dabble in that might be interested in it Mm -hmm. and they're like for you trying to think what games I put you on how how would
0: you sociotype me (laughs) love jrpgs Um, stereotype yeah stereotype me i play the occasional jrpg that's definitely more rachel's forte i think um yeah
1: she's she's a pro whereas you're an amateur and i'm not even in the same space mm -hmm. i'm amateur amateur yeah Uh
0: yeah no okay um yeah, I mean, I play I play a wide variety of games, but I actually don't have a follow up to that. I guess I just do. But
1: yeah, I wouldn't say you have like a specific niche of like, oh, this is a Jake game. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have a. I only do tactics games, or I only do. I'm trying to remember what the fuck a StarCraft is again. RTS, yeah, an RTS. there's mm-hmm. so few and far between that it's it's yeah, it's How, a what dead are you
0: <Yeah>. I mean, you're not entirely wrong <laughs> it's very rarely
1: one comes out and very rarely a good one comes out but
0: yeah that was you'll, the rts you'll pick
1: and choose from that <laughs> yeah. um one mm-hmm. thing i think i tend to not usually recommend to you because it's not as much your forte whereas i will binge drink them mm-hmm. are roguelikes yeah i was gonna say yeah so like for me i grew up on some binding of isaac and for whatever reason my my brain just latched onto it. So when I found other roguelikes, I'm like, oh, compared it to this. How do I like this? Mm-hmm. And I tried some other ones that were okay. Tried mm-hmm. some that are good, like Hades. Whereas like you got onto the Hades train. Cause I think you enjoyed super giant games. You enjoyed yeah. the roguelike aspect for how like quick and clean it was. So tying back to cult of the lamb, mm-hmm. it's kind of split between a 50, 50 of you're out there doing some roguelike shit, progressing the story of fighting some baddies and some bosses uh, collecting resources and that's all to fund your cult and that's kind of like your home base and cult management portion right so mm-hmm. of that how did you like the roguelike aspect of this were you I on think board i think it's like i think it's good but like
0: specifically not great and it's specifically not amazing right um I didn't play a ton of Binding of Isaac, but I played enough to get a feel for, like, what it's establishing for RNG and for progression and all of that. And um, if you're going into this just for, like, the roguelike portion, I think one of those dedicated games, FTL, Binding of Isaac, Rogue Legacy, something like that, is probably going to be more your forte. I don't think there's a reason to really jump into Cult of the Lamb just to, like, dive into a dungeon and kill things. Um, it's just not that strong mechanically
1: I would agree with that wholeheartedly um, I don't want to be the guy who's like shooting in the ground within like the first 10 minutes um, But for we can me, revive was, it later it's <laughs> <laughs> not really a mm-hmm. mm, topical first I will sacrifice it <laughs> for the podcast content uh, but mm-hmm. I did not really enjoy the combat Um, I felt like the combat was fine if I got upgrades for damage and attack speed and I already had a fast weapon. Yeah. Otherwise it felt very painful. Um, Like the enemy moves, you're telegraphed enough, but it felt like I was just mashing roll and then mashing the attack button, Mm -hmm. which is not very much different from how I play Hades. Um, But yeah, it just, it didn't feel as good to me as far as like my options felt very limited between what weapons I'm given might be able to change them up in the run a little bit and the mm-hmm. magic spells felt a lot of different colors of the same thing mm-hmm. um, and the hit boxes did not feel that good to me even right. like the hitboxes that i was putting out i'm like i didn't expect that to hit or i did expect it to hit and it didn't mm-hmm. so that part felt a little little clunky but i will say the strength of the game is probably closer to the cult management side yeah. but it's nice because you're never stuck doing one you're very much usually going back and forth in between, so like you can go out for some runs, you're like yeah, and you're like, oh shit, everybody's hungry. Uh, yes. I only go cook some meals, and then you focus on the cultivation, um, yeah, and building that up. I think like it
0: does show that the developers, um, they were cognizant of where their fun was for the most part, and so like. Yeah, so, so just high level, the game is basically split into those two spheres. Like your cult compound management and then your um your actual combat which involves some boss fights, it involves RNG uh, room exploration kind of very similar to Slay the spire. Um you know, where you pick your path based off the contents of whatever you want to to see. Um and I think they knew that the RNG, or the uh, the roguelike combat room by room exploration thing was not going to be like it wasn't going to hold the whole experience up specifically because of this sort of ongoing decay uh, that requires your intervention back at the compound right like you need to feed your followers of whom like you you pick them up uh, you uh, recruit them from the combat portions of the game right send them back mm-hmm. and indoctrinate them um but none of them can create food themselves. It's not a function of the game that you can assign someone as a chef, like this is, you know, Rim World or something like that. Um, they explicitly made the decision to say, no, no, you need to go back and make meals for them because, and I, I think this is smart on their part, they knew that the combat portion wasn't going to hold up for an extended play session.
1: Um, and, like the argue, other piece, sorry. Go ahead. I would argue a part of that's true. Like that's probably mm-hmm. definitely a factor. Um, my knee-jerk assumption was probably that as a cult leader, it's kind of like building up your dependence. Hmm. I like that. So like, oh, yeah. you they depend on you, so you have mm-hmm. to go back, take care of them, and do your sermons and stuff. It kind of encourages that cycle of, hey, you've maxed out on prayer. You have to go back, collect everything. Oh, it's mm-hmm. a new day. Do a sermon type thing. Right. So it, it just encourages the the going back. Yeah, there is. There are a lot of
0: uh, elements to the game that I think support that belief. They're using gameplay to support like a cultish ideology and to like drive that home. Um, but yeah, if so, the natural question is, if you um, are incentivized to spend so much time in the compound, Uh, why would you go out on these missions? And for the most part, three main things, push the main plot forward, gather resources necessary for building things at your compound and get new followers. Mm -hmm. Um, And the game gets gradually more difficult, like across, you know, they do kind of the traditional Zelda thing. There's multiple dungeons four, I think in this case, and then the final door, um, And so there are some upgrades, although not a lot, not as many as I would like uh, back at base using that devotion from the people like praying to um, improve your combat abilities
1: or uh, give you like an extra heart or something. Yeah. So overall, like you collect prayer and then cash that in to upgrade different, I want to say tiers of access for when you're going out on runs. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. like, oh, you can now get this tier of weapon as a starting weapon. You can mm-hmm. now access new spells, and then they'll show up in the pool. Um, it never felt crazily impactful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, like, let's say you start out, you have like a level 3 weapon, and you don't know exactly what that means as far as damage or anything. Um, but at, towards the end, it's like, oh, level 16 of weapon. Uh-huh. And I'm sure if you do it side by side, you'd be like, oh, painfully obvious. Um, but it doesn't feel as impactful as you're unlocking it. Mm-hmm. And then once you have everything unlocked there, that's it. Like, yeah. There's nothing to do with your extra devotion that you're collecting. Mm-hmm. It just kind of exists. You have the option throughout like the course of
0: a run. So if like uh, items drop, they're always one level higher than what you have now, right? To try to con- convince you to perhaps try something you wouldn't otherwise try, which I think is smart. But um, it's always just a spell or a weapon, right? And yeah. the, the weapons are like... Some of the archetypes you get later are, are definitely the strongest. I think Godly Weapon is the last one, which just deals more damage. Um, and that's kind of boring for a capstone because um, that's the most straightforward thing you could possibly do, deal more damage.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, do you want a dagger that's fast? Do you want a sword that's, you know, uh, well-balanced and speed and damage? Or do you want a hammer? Or uh-huh. do you want a slow hammer? So basically, it's a sliding scale of damage to losing attack speed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I felt like for the last tier of the highest damage, uh, was the slowest attack speed. It was so so painfully slow where <laughs> if you had like an enemy who's like jumping around a whole bunch i'm like oh i have to read where they're going line up my attack um i just wasn't a fan of that so i'd prefer yeah. to go like give me a dagger i'll try and hope for some damage or crits and we'll see what happens yeah i did i did go in the opposite direction which i
0: guess is a um A positive for the game, right? If we had different experiences with weapons and different preferences but like I really enjoyed the slow weapons because kind of going back to the question about hitboxes and things like that, I found that if I was really lining up my attacks for these weapons that had a bunch of reach, I could just do a little bit more. The Dark Souls 2, okay your turn, okay my turn, okay your turn, and kind of just crush through people. Um, And I also covered the The downside of having a really slow primary weapon um, with fast spells Um, because uh, I think that's if if you're doing like optimized build, which is completely unnecessary for this game, right? Um, There's a lot of uh, bonuses you can get to like the spell casting effects.
1: Yeah, Uh, I do want to call out for anyone who hasn't played it. You do have one weapon and one spell and you can swap them out possibly through the run but that is it so it doesn't feel like there's a whole lot of mix-up or synergy it's just that's what you got
0: Uh uh-huh yeah yeah so a lot of times your run's pretty defined relatively defined early because again a a lot of these options are kind of samey and if you find something you like you're probably just going to stick with it but um as Oh, i was just, i was just gonna say uh, one thing i did appreciate um, for development is um one of the buildings you can make like uh it's like a demonic shrine in your your camp um, allowed you to temporarily convert your followers into basically little little summons um, for the next dungeon run mm-hmm. and uh different types of followers would have different uh different abilities and things like that and some of those were really cool for um, the combat portion and it made it just kind of made me wish that like the combat portion was more had more depth to it um, so you could you could exercise those abilities.
1: Um, hey, you're making demons, exercise I thought was a play on words. Ah, um, okay, yeah, I mean, it was now. <laughs> I, I do like that as an option, um, but I didn't really find myself using that. Mm-hmm. Also, I didn't find myself using a lot of like I didn't collect all of the cards yeah sure it's basically like passives you can build up for your run um mm-hmm. and certain ones you can unlock just by playing the game like oh you, you can now all have an option to have more temporary hearts or something else um mm-hmm. but a lot of them i'm like when would i use this oh you get yeah. bonus damage during nighttime a very narrow window okay mm-hmm. like uh, that, and then some of the upgrades for some of the side quests from like npcs mm-hmm. i'm like i don't know when i would use this particularly yeah like it's cool that it's there but it just wasn't for me in my runs but that's the last time i want to dunk on it for right now (laughs) i do want to talk about something like the the design okay uh i gotta say like the game is cute as fuck the animations and like the art style are very like whimsical almost as far as like Mm -hmm. the followers it i'm getting big like animal crossing vibes yeah like how they interact how they talk
0: it's somewhere between like Don't Starve and Animal Crossing. Um, and the in the way it's portrayed. It's got more of that kinetic energy. Um, I, I think. But I don't know what yeah. that means. Wow, that sounds like I said nothing. But yeah, it's somewhere I, between I those. was gonna be <laughs> like
1: I assume that the listener knows what that is and I won't ask. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, I mean like um the the animations kind of flow together. There's like more frames um to them than something like don't starve, which is much more kind of like paper cutouts running across yeah, yeah, like yeah the terrain
1: okay that's fair yeah it felt kind of very smooth and cartoony um i like that but also outside of even you your followers who were kind of like generic copy pastes cuz mm-hmm. you can change their form and whatever um yeah. but they're all r- roughly the same but the specific npcs that can give you like side quests ooh their designs great the specific voice they have for each character is great and each mm-hmm. one I encountered, I'm like, what's your deal? You're cool. And it's always impressive when, like, you play a lot of games, you see a lot of characters, and you're like, what are you going to do? Subvert my expectations and surprise me. And it was mm-hmm. just very fun. And I, again, full of whimsy. Yeah. Where I was always like, oh, oh, nice. It was very, very pleasant to meet a new NPC and see what their shit was. Yeah.
0: I think well, the NPCs kind of reminded me of... um Uh, super giant NPCs not all exclusively that good but if you're catching like hints of inspiration from that you're in the right spot you're in the right place right um in particular like the the one, one of the early ones you see is like um a fisherman who's definitely a man and not a fish and it's like speaking to you with like this blah 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 voice Uh, while like the dialogue is running across the screen and I'm just like this is
1: so good (laughs) so good one of the ones I really liked not for design as much because it was like like a very (sighs) Richard scary level of design on this character it's like a simple fat cat which is basically its body was a square Mm -hmm. it's like one of the shopkeepers you can come across in your runs um, but the character is actually really interesting because, like, just in some passive dialogue, like, you in the care as a character might be like run- running through, like, I want to buy some stuff from the shop and call it a day and move on to the next mm-hmm. room. But if you listen to the dialogue, she's like, Yeah, like some cultists came and like stole my children and sacrificed them to a thing. But like, I just hope that they were as uh, worshipful to that god as I was type thing. And you're like, uh-huh. Oh, there's there's subtext here, there's a little bit. So it was cool to see, like, the play on. You got to have a cult. And also, maybe religion's not the best thing. (laughs) Yeah, they... um, I feel like we can talk more
0: about this story briefly, maybe, like, like at the end, kind of give a recap and thoughts Mm -hmm. on it. But they do drop a lot of hints throughout this. And um, one of the encounters you can get while dungeon delving is, like, question mark. And oftentimes that will be, you know, an NPC um, who... Sometimes it's, sometimes it could be uh, someone who might, I don't know if they're the ones that join you or if that also always has the follower symbol, but you could run across people that could join you and otherwise uh, people who could help you out and would give you like a little bit, little bit more lore or world building as to what's going on, which um I don't know if this is intentional or not, but it's not really like thrown at you. It's not like, here's everything that's going on you're much more focused on your immediate needs on the cult on things like that which is the cult mindset right you internalize rather than externalize you're not like getting information from outside you're focusing on all this stuff uh going on in your immediate circle right so
1: i'm probably giving the game too much credit there but maybe not i do like again uh, that it is optional like you don't have the lore forced down your throat. You can wait for a vadi video on it. <laughs> yeah. But like if you're actively looking for it, there is story. There is a world there. Uh-huh. And it's interesting enough to like have me engage and at least ask some questions as I'm playing mm-hmm. of, I wonder what this means. I wonder where this is going or to just make some assumptions. Like I think the end game will be like this. Yeah. But again, it shows like my investment in it because of how they're kind of dropping those questions and maybe having some things answered here and there or the hopes that it will be answered at some point
0: yeah yeah it's a good storytelling device where over the course of the game you're really um you're getting the impression that there's more going on behind the scenes and like the best games deliver on those questions in a pretty meaningful way and good games answer those questions to some extent um But really bad games don't even tease it. Right. And this game has some teasing and some delivering. um, And overall, I think it's positive. You know, it helps the world building at least.
1: Oh, yeah. How did you feel about the cult management side of things?
0: This is where almost all of my time is spent.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Same. So, this is going to be a fairly broad question. So I'm going to break it out into different parts, partially mm-hmm. for you, and then partially for the listeners. Um, one of the things you can do with your cult is establish doctrines, which are mm-hmm. basically rules that your cult will follow. But for yeah. you as the player, it's, oh, my is will passively interpret things like death in a good way in certain situations or a negative way in other situations, right. or it will allow you to unlock rituals, which... Again, depending on what it is, might boost a cult member's devotion or mm-hmm. decrease it. Um, basically, it's a bunch of resource management type stuff for an overall economy. Yeah, it's what do you believe it, and what do you do? Right, mm-hmm. we're pretty much all the doctrines. Yeah, and the other part of it is, I guess, kind of managing economy for like building farms or trying to generate resources within your cult, mm-hmm. and then. I guess just how you treated your cultists. Yeah. Like, did you make them all the same type, same name? Were you just like, <laughs> right. whatever they came in as, as is fine? I actually
0: had a discussion on the side kind of about this with um, um, some other people in Discord. And uh, we were talking about how you can customize the cultists, and we're like, it does feel a little bit like like the obliteration of an identity to change what this person fundamentally looks like and rename them as they join the cult and i get that that's the point right again joining a cult obliteration Mm -hmm. of identity um but like i started to do it a little bit like be like okay well i'll make the farmers kind of look like this and i'll make you know uh the people who are going to be gathering resources looking like this and for some other reasons I stopped doing that but also because I was just like this is a cool character model and this is the only character that looks like this in my colony and they're gone like right I'm like I made them look like the pre-order Cthulhu or whatever Um, and ultimately like that kind of just bothered me you know to the point where I didn't do it unless someone had absolutely terrible stats and then I made them look like a meatball
1: (laughs) so I could sacrifice them later uh, I will say I did do some of the, oh, certain types will look like this. Mm-hmm. And initially for like good half the game, like, yeah, whatever. That's who that character is. That's their identity. Mm-hmm. Um, they can come in and do whatever. And then later I'm like, oh, I got like a frog thing. That'd be cute. So I made one a frog. I'm like, um, I'll have you on prayer. And mm-hmm. then going forward, I made them all frogs who are praying to me. I'm like, uh-huh. I like, I like this. That's I didn't I didn't finish it, so it was like all of the cult was frogs, uh, but I did start mm-hmm. down that track. Yeah. The doctrines are, are definitely one of the game's
0: uh, strongest points, though. It's a binary choice. Anytime you make a pick, uh, you're completely blocking out the other option for the entire playthrough. And this is one of the things that led to, uh, from some discussion between me and some other people we had, um... Uh, some feedback to make like an efficient choice tree for the doctrines that we posted to discord. And it's just like, here's the rationale. We think these ones are good early, like far too much analysis for this game. Um, (laughs) like pick this tree, pick this tree, pick this tree. This one's going to be better later on things like that. Um, but, uh, a lot of them, a lot of them actually feel like they have a pretty correct choice. Um, but then others are actual big trade-offs, right? Like if you make the choice not to get, uh, so I think you get sacrifice regardless. I think that's like a plot, um, ability. I could be wrong on that. Um,
1: It's I'm going to just say probably. Yes. I mm. don't remember exactly offhand,
0: but like some of the other ones can be very impactful. Um, and I, for winter. So uh, here's an example one, right? For like food, how your cult manages food. One of the options is feast, which, um, feeds everybody for the day, gives them a lot of faith, which is basically their contented contentedness. Um, and the other option is, uh, fasting, which makes it so their hunger bar doesn't move for three days, right? Doesn't make them happy. Um, there may even be a faith penalty. I don't recall. I was just like I'm a good guy and food is kind of a problem yeah feast right mm-hmm. um, but later I was looking at it and I was like the thing that really sucks is when I'm diving into these dungeons people start to starve I really should have taken fasting right Um, because then I would just wouldn't have that time constraint but it's something you might not think about while you're playing the game
1: no I think a lot of them the decisions at least I made were very much knee jerk as far as do I want to be a dick or not? Cause Mm -hmm. some of the options were like, Oh, um, anytime like somebody dies, they'll be like, Oh, that's a good thing. If they were sacrificed, if they die Uh naturally, they're like, Oh, that's not so good. Um, I don't remember which option I chose for that. Mm -hmm. I tried to do things that were as nice to the cult members as possible. I I know one of them was like they revered the elderly yes Mm -hmm. so if somebody was just old old people can't work they don't really do anything They just kind of walk around they can't be assigned tasks so what I would do is like I'd let somebody get old Mm -hmm. Um, if morale was ever going low from just passively over time or from another ritual that kind of cost some of that uh, devotion uh, I would marry them and they're like (laughs) oh a marriage is happening hooray and then, one of the stipulations with marriage is if you're married to a bunch of people, which you can do, uh-huh. it doesn't negatively impact, but they might, your spouses might start to bicker amongst each other and become jealous. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, because they're old, that person's probably going to die soon. So, my spouse would die, and then I would compost them. And it was this <laughs> great cycle. <laughs> uh-huh. And then maybe you could bring them back to life, remarry them again, and compost them again. Yeah, if you, if you pick resurrection,
0: right? Yeah, there was a, the, I picked the opposite. There was like respect your elders is one option, and the other was like the good die young.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And respect your elders gives you like a daily faith bonus, I think, for every elder you have in your colony, but they can't work. They right. still eat food. <laughs> they still need a place to sleep, but they can't work. They're basically freeloading. It's just like real life. Um, and good die young is like, Okay, on the opposite side of this, if people die naturally from like old age, you get like a massive faith penalty. Um, But you get faith bonuses when people are sacrificed. So, and sacrifice uh, has um, uh, advantages in in other ways, you get resources for it and things like that. So, it really does like play into these different approaches you could take to managing. Your, uh, your colony and like how you view the followers right are they the resources to feed me the answer is yes but <laughs> you can play like that's not the case
1: yeah um, it is if you remember telltale games that small mm-hmm. company um, and what they did towards the end of wolf among us or really any of their games they'll kind of give a breakdown of like hey here's all the players who played this game the choices they made here I would love something like that for this because it's very telling of who you are as a person or at least how you approach in that playthrough. Maybe you were trying to basically role play as a sinister asshole uh-huh. or maybe you're trying to be a good Samaritan and that's normally not normally how you play, but it'd be cool to see the breakup of, oh, actually not many people chose a specific doctrine or a lot of people just never cleaned up poop for whatever reason. Uh huh. Whereas I enjoyed cleaning up poop because <laughs> I could use it to fertilize farms yeah yeah some of some of the some of
0: the choices are interesting and that was the out of all the things that made me think about doing a subsequent playthrough using some of the other doctrines was probably the biggest motivation um like i picked the ability to ascend followers instead of murder them and as i was going through the game i was like well my ascension ritual which is basically (laughs) the same thing as sacrifice Mm -hmm. you get like loyalty instead of uh other resources which in the end game is kind of better if you want to like raise the level of your followers which you can do um, but the outcome is pretty much the same but if that was on cooldown and sacrifice was on cooldown and I had a troublemaker I was like just squinting at him and know, was like tapping my watch waiting for the sacrifice cooldown to finish but I could have just taken murder and then just straight up killed people <laughs> right so a um, lot of fun choices to make
1: yeah Also, if you turn somebody into a demon, doesn't that permanently take them?
0: No, they come back uh, once you return. They'll just have tiredness because they've been awake for the entire time that you're out adventuring.
1: Interesting. Okay.
0: Yeah. So I picked um, resurrection, which was kind of funny because I also picked like the sacrifice uh, things. So when I resurrected people, uh, uh, the followers would take a faith penalty because they're like, why are you resurrecting people? We believe in sacrifice, right? Uh, Which I thought was kind of nice. But I basically had like. Essentially a lich crew. (laughs) Of people that were bolded in my spreadsheet of followers. I was just like these ones are the efficient demons. And I like leveled them up very high. I think the highest level person got to like 25. Jesus. Um, And she died many times. And it was never the end because <laughs> I still had use for her.
1: <laughs> My time on this earth is finally. <laughs> no, it's the Uguay. Uh, the My time has come. Uh-huh yeah.
0: Um, I don't know if I could I could pick a, a forgo resurrection.' It's, it's really powerful. And if you have a good follower with really good traits, because followers could have like a couple different traits, some of them are like level faster, or they um, won't dissent. Um, Or listen to dissenters, or they work harder, or pray harder. You know, (laughs) like that. Those are all uh, all all options there. So, if someone had those good attributes, why would I let them go? Right.
1: I, I know I've seen attributes when I pick people up. I'm like, oh, okay, and then I never gave it a second thought after that. I'm just like, Uh this is a body who will either work the farm, or (laughs) pray to me. Mm -hmm. Basically, like there was like the two engines i had going at the time yeah um i wasn't heartless though i made sure that they had a shelter to sleep in that mm-hmm. would not be destroyed by rain or time yeah um, i was very sure about that that i always had enough beds mm-hmm. um and then when people started dying off i'm like oh i have extra beds i should go get some more followers uh-huh <laughs> this yeah. one's going to the poop engine <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. yeah i didn't ever have your uh ragtag like your dependable crew uh-huh uh, i just had random people and towards the end, at some point, I needed a certain number of followers. Mm-hmm. So I would just go to Helob. And I think mm-hmm. it's pronounced Helob because I think it's a male Shelob. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it took me too long. They pronounced it, it Helob in the, the trailer. I'm like, that That can't That's be the true. joke, right? That's not right. Um, but I would just go and like buy followers or go out on a run and mm. look for specific follower things. But again, I was just treating them as I need a requisite number of bodies to do X. They're provided for and cared for. I didn't like specifically sacrifice. I think I sacrificed like three in total. Mm, Okay. I think it was 11 (laughs) for you. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, damn. Uh, Did you sacrifice any to a certain NPC? Uh, no, I don't think so. I know. I know what you're talking about. Um,
0: I actually forgot to go back and engage in that content entirely (laughs) after I found that area. That
1: was one of my favorite little side areas on the map, Mm -hmm. just for thematic reasons. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's... I spent
0: a lot of time there. There's a lot of resource management gathering, all of that stuff. But the impression I really get is if you love that aspect, if you're like, this is the awesome stuff, this is what I want. Games like RimWorld just have that in spades and so much more depth for it right because mm-hmm. you like ignored the traits they for the most part don't really matter um like there's minor bonuses or penalties but like in rim world it's like this person is addicted to cocaine <laughs> and you're like huh <laughs> okay that might complicate things or this person starts fires when they have anxiety and you're like that could be bad right um you can't ignore them in Fire that. Fire also makes them anxious. Figure that one out. <laughs> <laughs> they actually it actually doesn't for Rimworld. For that particular trait, if they start fires, they'll just like watch it and they're like, their contentedness will just raise. <laughs> they're just like, perfect. As like their house burns down or whatever, they're like, this is fine. But I Uh-oh.
1: feel like a system like that's it gotta be a lot more it becomes like complex variable management. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, hey, how do these things interact together? Because right. if you just had like one person who's like fire makes me anxious okay Mm -hmm. don't start fires easy peasy or vice versa start fires and they'll be happy right Um, it just becomes when you have all of these other things at play whereas these cultists didn't really interact too much um Mm -hmm. they occasionally talk to each other maybe bicker a little bit but the most interaction i saw between them that would have been negative is like asking one of them it's like, hey, I think it'd be really funny if we fed this person poop, Uh-huh. Yeah. which seems to be a very common side quest uh-huh. um, that everybody has encountered. And the follow up, I wonder if we could do it again, <laughs>
0: which is just which is
1: how many poop meals did you make
0: altogether? Um, probably like three or four, because there's there was a um, not just for that quest, though. There was a there's a personal trait that's called like the hunger that's like if you eat a poop meal during the day um you get a temporary heart a blue heart oh yeah yeah. and uh i think it's bugged because I, I was like great i did it i got the heart and the next day came around and i was like i'll make another one and i couldn't eat it and i was like um I guess if anyone's hungry, you know, you can eat this. I left it on the ground. Um, But I think it's bugged because I just got a heart every single day, regardless of whether I tried to eat anything um, from that part on. So
1: Jake just waits patiently and then walks up the final boss, not even Mm -hmm. dodging, just wailing (laughs) on it. Just tank it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, it worked, but
1: I will say for like the food aspect, it is nice to, you're like, oh, I just gotta make like a shit ton of meals and they will just drop. And like the food doesn't decompose or go away. Mm-hmm. So if somebody's hungry, they'll just come and eat the food. And yeah. then your net cult hunger will go down. Mm-hmm. So that's just a, a cool thing.
0: Yeah. They have their personal hunger too, but um, it's all reflected in this uh, average hunger UI um, up in the corner. So. They also, the meals have different effects, which is cool. It's, it's, it's very similar to like Breath of the Wild, actually. You know, like mix a couple ingredients together and get something good. Um, and one thing I did appreciate about the game was uh, hunger is much more of a problem in the early game. If you take the money-making ritual, which I recommend, uh, you get money based off of the level of your followers. And if you have someone who's level 25, they're going to give you a lot of money. I think I got like 2,000 coins plus. Every time I use that ritual (laughs) in the late game. Um, But it's like you do that. You complete the fishing things and eventually get to the point where you can like buy fish. And once you just buy a bunch of fish, you're like, okay, I'll just make maxed out meals with no other commitment to do anything. And I kind of just stopped farming at that point. I was like, ah, you guys can if you want, but you don't need to.
1: See, I went the other way where I specifically went out of my way to do forest runs to collect grass so Mm -hmm. I could make farm plots yeah it's like well I gotta make more oh fuck I'm out of grass and so I just go out
0: it was really funny that like such a basic resource
1: um it's completely unattainable on the actual compounds right yeah I was I was surprised by that because certain other things like you can build something like hey you can collect wood from this it costs wood to make but generates obviously more than it costs. Then Mm -hmm. they have that for stone and other things as well. And then grass is like, go get it. (laughs) Yeah, right. No, that's exotic. (laughs) But thankfully, it's only for like low tier stuff. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I think at a point, like you've collected all the grass you're going to need and then you moved on to like other resources or refined resources.
0: Yeah. And you're likely to just get some running missions like grasses on all the maps.
1: Yeah. Um, Did you ever do the altars, uh alters altars, altars. there's a specific altar you could make under faith where basically eventually like followers would just go up to him and be like hey oh, thanks yeah. leader for being so great and then mm-hmm. they leave a present there and i was like yeah, oh yeah, that's cool yeah. but i just had the one initially for like i'll make it and see what it is mm-hmm. but then when i saw that it could make whatever resource i was like mm-hmm. Yo, so I just made a corner <laughs> of just all of these things. I'm like, here's my random resource generation for me. <laughs> hey. yeah. Oh, refined gold, thank you. Like oh, it was, good. it was
0: huge. Yeah, I never went about beyond the one, but that's actually a really good idea. Um, there's also like a lot of decorations in the game, and this is where they kind of lose me, right? So I back to the point of this game is not RimWorld. I think it's smart that they didn't include all of this complexity. It would have been a different game if they did, and it would mm-hmm. appeal to different people. Um, it's not meant to be that complicated. Um, but for some reason, they went absolutely overboard with the, de- the with the decorations to the point where it's like they are trying to do an Animal Crossing thing, right? Um, and I just didn't care, I guess, to like engage with that system much. Um, particularly not proportional to the number of decoration drops I was getting while running through dungeons, right? Um, Like, it's cool, but this game isn't Animal Crossing. You're not going to be here for months or years for your village. Um, It doesn't take that long to beat it, and there's no progression past a point.
1: Right. I think it's more just, again, the investment of, like, when you go back, it was nice to see the slow progression of, Oh, I have more houses now. I've rearranged things to look aesthetically pleasing. Got my farm mm. stuff over here. Like I had all the outhouses up top, and then the shit collection underneath, and mm-hmm. then the farms underneath that. So it's like a dead. And the compost was right right next to the outhouses. So I had like this poop management system, and where it was uh-huh, flowing. Yeah. Um, but it was cool to like design the flooring a little bit. So like under the the prison or like the the stocks. I Mm. had, like, brimstone or lava. Like, oh, this is where the bad people go who don't agree with what I'm saying. (laughs) Um, And then under all, like, the shrines where you could pray and generate random resources, I'm like, oh, we'll make that a fancy area. Gotcha. So, like, I did do some things, and it was nice to go back, and it was pleasing to the eye and be like, Mm. ah, this is my cult. Right. Which is unfortunately named Cult of the Lamb because I wasn't feeling inspired that day. Mm. Um, But it's a nice thing to engage with if you want like if they Mm -hmm. didn't have that option at all i could see people be like oh i can't really design my cult just whatever meh doesn't feel good but if somebody's like i come from a bit of an animal crossing background i want to spruce it up a bit it was nice to have those options yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't argue against them in the
0: general principle i just didn't i could have used more combat depth instead of decorations that would have been my argument i think they're different teams you know or different people working on it but my cult was named uh, Captains of Crunch, um, so clearly my lamb was named Crunch, and all of the followers were captains. So, <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's it was it was fun. I, I, one of the things I do like about that um, is whenever you return, you see the name of your cult pop up there, like the area transition dialogue. And this yeah. is a stupid thing. Like, fundamentally, this is incredibly easy to do. Like, while programming. But like I don't know why people don't let us like name areas a little bit more. And then you just have it pop up, you know, whenever you enter that area. Like this is your sanctum and it your the area you named it shows up. Like
1: if they did that with my apartment, I'd be so happy. Just give me a title card or like a sound effect that plays. Uh huh. It's just a nice transition. It's like, hey, this is my personalized thing. You're like, yeah, it is. It's cool. Yeah. Absolutely is um
0: all right i think yeah that, that, that's that's a good good amount of stuff in the cult anything else you'd mention in the cult management part or you think you covered think it pretty well
1: certain buildings and whatnot
0: mm-hmm.
1: i think that's most of it it's just again depending on your play style i didn't find myself using all of the structures or yeah. options Mm-hmm. so much like I didn't really go any like I made the demon building once tried it once I'm like eh, not for mm-hmm. me I think
0: I think that one's more helpful if you're struggling a little bit with the combat because some of the demons are literally just make the game easier one of the demons mm-hmm. is start with more blue hearts and as you level that follower up you get more and more and more and more blue hearts um, so like it's it's kind of like uh, something to help you more in your favor And other ones are like um, the one that was really, really strong is um, enemies that drop fervor, which is the magical, the magical juice, your mana. (laughs) Um, They drop more of it. And as that follower levels up, they drop more and more. Oh, no, no, no. No, Correct. Correct myself. Um, That comes from a tarot card. But your maximum fervor goes up. And so what happened is there's achievements for beating the bosses without taking damage. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can do that. If you enter the boss room and then just spam the cast spell button as fast as you can, th- cast out like nine instances of the spell and then just one hit the boss. <laughs> like, It's a valid strategy. <laughs> um, anyway, so that's my side. I like the demon stuff. I recommend that, um, particularly if you're going for a longer play session. But
1: That sounds like a cool thing. Maybe mm-hmm. if I ever go back to it, I'll check that out.
0: The 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 flip side though is like, for the most part, the game is not that hard, and you don't need to, right?
1: So yeah, I played on normal difficulty, which is always like the developer recommended thing, Mm -hmm. and I thought it was fine. Like I think there were three bosses that Mm -hmm. I didn't beat on first try, and there were a lot of ones that I abandoned the run because like I got to the boss door and like I have one heart of health, so I just I was like, well, let's not do it. Let's go back and try again yeah it's i was i played
0: through on hard and i probably died like four times something like that but there's even ways to mitigate death uh past a point you can take an option so it's like if you die you um can sacrifice a follower (laughs) to like get health back i did that i did that once because i was kind of curious on it and i incidentally had died and the better the follower is um the more resources you get when you sacrifice them. And that can include temp health and stuff like that. So like a full heal plus temp health and all of this stuff. If you sacrifice the guy that you're just going to go back and resurrect, like, let's be honest, right? Um, uh, Sacrifice does not preclude resurrection. In fact, I had a strategy called the yo-yo where I had a character that would get leveled up a lot for resources. And I'd be like, you're, you're ready. <laughs> Sacrifice them. Immediately bring them back. Thank them for their service. Send them back into the fields.
1: Jake, going with that Lana Del Rey strat, born to die. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's, it's good, though.
0: Okay. We've talked about some things. Probably mild spoilers up to this point. How do you feel about the plot of Cult of the Lamb? does it I have a plot. It was
1: <laughs> interesting. Uh-huh. Um I think pretty early on like you get what the the concept is. You're like, "Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. I was saved by some god. Yeah, and the, the one god who waits. wants me. Yeah, the one who waits and this god wants me to go kill these other guys and free him." i mm-hmm. I'm sure that's going to go great and there's mm-hmm. no there's nothing else going on. And that's it. And then mm-hmm. very quickly as you go through it's like are we the baddies? Yeah. And yeah, you've started a cult and you're just murdering people. Mm-hmm. Um, now, to be fair, I don't think the other cults are great either because again, they are cults. Yeah. Um, but it's just that rotating cycle of like who's in power type thing. But mm-hmm. I don't think it should surprise anybody at the end that the one who waits is a final boss. Yeah, because um, at the end you have the option to give up your life to free him because mm-hmm. essentially in the same way you did sacrificing your follower again and again and again for your own gain. He's like, yo, <laughs> yeah, you're my and follower. You have the crown. Yeah. Yeah. Sacrifice so he, he... that guy to regain his power. Exactly. So he, he gives you at the
0: beginning of the game, there's actually like a kneel. It's not an option. You have to kneel to be sacrificed at the beginning, which kicks yes. it off because they sent you to the one who waits. He gives you the crown, which is also like transforms into your weapon slash pickaxe or whatever. But that's his crown. And all of the other bosses have their own crowns. Um, so you can kind of be like, interesting, interesting. I think I see where this is going. Um, so you either give it back or you don't by sacrificing yourself or not, but it's a full circle thing. It has the same prompt to kneel or to resist, to refuse. Um, and I like that. I, I like when games just like, and we've made 360 degrees and here we go, you know, uh, back to the same choice. Um,
1: I assume that if you do accept to give up your life at the end, that you just die and the game ends. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I um, didn't choose that by the way. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't. Right. Um, you do have a choice afterwards too. So I like the boss fight. I think it's probably the best boss fight in the game. He's got like two elites. That you fight first it's not particular i don't think it's the hardest one um but for thematics and like the area and like diversity of moves they do a lot more in that fight yeah it's relatively complex compared to everything else in the game mm-hmm. um but once you beat him you have the choice to either spare him or not right you're like hey
1: <laughs> you can join my cult or you or you won't what choice did you pick for that I had him join my cult because I wasn't mm. going like super murder heavy. I was also curious to see what would happen. Yeah. And interestingly enough, you can't change their name. Yeah, I think he's always the one who waits. Yeah, I believe that's right. I forget if you can change the form or not. I there think are certain you, things can, you just can't I'll change. Sure. Yeah. He
0: also has a unique trait. I know you weren't really looking at the the, the traits. For oh, I, I trait. did see that one. Yeah. But yeah. He's got immortal. Um which is pretty cool. You can still sacrifice him though. <laughs> I sacrificed him to see if I would get the achievement for killing him. and I was gonna like give the game props if they had coded that. It doesn't. <laughs> so I just resurrected him again. but he is also he has a bunch of bad traits. He's like a dissident and all these other things. because um, he was a god. Of course he's going to not just be wholeheartedly in favor of you, but yeah, it's funny.
1: Yeah, I, I thematically like that fight. I think the most, because mm-hmm. again, like they do more with it. It's very much like you didn't play old Mega Man. I know we like had that one episode a long time ago. But do you remember like the Sigma boss reveal? I remember the Sigma reveal. Yeah, no, I don't for Mega Man. Though. No. <laughs> <It's not laughs> so like initially you face Sigma's dog, and then you face sigma who's like just dashing around and you just follow a very basic pattern mm-hmm. and then you're like oh i've beaten the final boss and then it kind of goes black and like you see some stuff light out in the background and like what was the background for like your entire previous fights like he his head kind of goes into the background and then it starts to animate like this is the boss Jeez, yeah so it's that kind of same vibe of like a larger than life thing yeah you're fighting the stage, kind of. Yeah, and it felt you know. cool. Yeah,
0: I liked it. Um, I do... I, I, I would I would play DLC for the game, but I, I want them to make a couple fixes. There's, I, We should probably end on a positive note, but I got to throw in the negatives, okay? When you sign people jobs, they're not guaranteed to stay on that job. Sometimes they're just like, nah, brah, and they just walk off and do something else. Um, or someone else takes their job. It gets a little bit better if you give them the necklaces that make it so they don't need to sleep. (laughs) But um, they do get, like, bags under their eyes if you do that. So (laughs) it's pretty funny. Um, My humorous uh, example of that is I was like, okay, I'm tired of cleaning out the toilets. Mm -hmm. I saw that there was a prompt to make someone a janitor to clean out the toilets. So I signed one of my villagers this. I think they were, like, newly indoctrinated. The villager like walks around, they're like, All right, I'm going to the toilet, see the toilets, throws up, walks away. <laughs> 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 they didn't clean up the puke. They didn't clean up the toilets. They just left. And I was like, This is not classic new guy shit. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah. Not gonna work for me. So I, I want them to fix that. And there's some other issues in some of the dungeons where the enemies don't spawn in as rapidly as they're supposed to, but um, or in my case, they stopped spawning in entirely, and I just had to like recall out because I couldn't complete it. The enemies oh. just
1: wouldn't show up. I didn't have as many bug bugs. Mm-hmm. Maybe one or two things that acted a little bit odd. Um, but yeah, I I do imagine that this game will have DLC at some point. And mm-hmm. I do have a note here that like I wish the game had a little bit more content depth or yep. just more of something because it was relatively short. Mm-hmm. I think it was like a fine amounts like i did really just enjoy the game overall Mm -hmm. but at this point i'd be curious to see what they would add and like if you asked me hey dave what would you want them to add on dlc i don't fucking know yeah i assume like another area another boss but like they'd have to expand in other areas as well i'd imagine i think what you do
0: is you do something like what don't starve it did has done and you introduce like a completely different locale Right, You have to make a new cult in this other location from scratch, but there's going to be new buildings, there's going to be new, new dungeons, new weapons, new skill trees, things like that. Um, just because of the kind of vertical nature of building up everything in your cult, um, it'll be more engaging if you have to overcome. Start a little bit lower in tech, I should say. Without like infinite money. <laughs>
1: So you're talking like blank slating, pretty much. Pretty much, I think. I
0: think blank slating, you know, maybe bring some followers with you or something um, when you start out could be reasonable. But um, for people who have like hard packed in their uh, their colony, basically, or their compound, they've finished building it all. That you don't want to have DLC drop. That's like here's some new buildings that you're going to need to build and you know, new followers you got to indoctrinate and things when they're already at 100 percent capacity so i think it would be less stressful especially for people coming back to the game if it was like a little bit more of a
1: standalone expansion
0: or separate menu option or something i don't I know I see
1: that i i feel for me personally like right now i've played through it mm-hmm. i've done all that i want to do I don't really want to build anything else even though I haven't built everything I don't really want to go out anymore because why right Um, so like I enjoyed my experience with it and I'm now good
0: Mm -hmm. yeah I mean that's where I'm at too it's a good game Um, yeah I think I think right now with all of the recollection I'd have on it if it was a if it was a five point scale I'd give it a four if it's a ten point scale I'd probably give it an eight um, it's a great game. It's going to be very successful. And it has been very successful because <laughs> like there just aren't a lot of massive games dropping. And so this one really exploded. And um, I don't know if I've seen a Devolver digital game like be this successful before. And I suspect. Uh...
1: Yeah, definitely not Fall Guys.
0: <laughs> did they did Devolver publish Fall Guys? I didn't yes. even know that. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, so Fall Guys second, but then this one first, obviously. Um, Fall Guys, what was that? That was probably free. Is Fall Guys free? It is now. Okay, was it on launch? Yeah, that made them a lot more money. That was in the Among Us days. It was guaranteed to make them bank. That probably launched the company, actually. Um, It is nice to see something
1: like this take off in an indie space. Because, again like there are a lot of AAA games that are good but at the same time like you see a lot of issues as far as game crunch and it doesn't really if they have like a sequel to something it doesn't always necessarily differ or there's like what's a trope that's easy it will sell and they just you don't feel the heart and soul in a lot of those games yeah in the same way you do as like indie like the aesthetics of this game alone had me interested mm-hmm. Oh yeah, And then they're like, hey, it has mechanics. I'm like, okay, yeah, it's already cute. I'm down. Mm-hmm. Down to at least check it out and follow up. Yeah, And that was the same hook for me with Tunic. I'm like, oh, this looks cute. I'm interested in what world you're doing. Tell me more about it. Let it come out in four years.
0: Yeah, I think it's a complete package. And like you said, it's... Um, the term indie darling's overused, so I'm not going to use it. But it is very much in that space... Uh, showing that Andy can stand up against AAA titles and take a bit of our play time away from Dota and Starcraft and Overwatch and all that stuff, um, at least for a week. <laughs> and Hots—that's the other one. But uh, any—you've uh, had the entire episode to prepare, Dave. Any words of wisdom for the audience? Don't for start hard- a cult. <laughs> Don't start a cult. Okay.
1: Here's a better one. Uh, Don't be in a cult. Oh, okay. People are like, oh, but I'm not. Are you not? (laughs) Think about it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Are you in a religion? Statistically. (laughs) (laughs)
0: I'm
1: not saying they're like one-to-one, but they do operate on some of the same mechanics. Mm -hmm. In general, don't accept anything. Blanket. Don't blindly agree with something just because you want to be a part of a group. Descent. Descent. Mm -hmm. Descent.
0: Yeah. Especially blankets. Actually, historically, don't accept blankets. If it's just like, hey, these are free and they're not disease-ridden. No, they probably are. Um, But if you guys have any ideas that are not disease-ridden or thoughts on Cult of the Lamb, I know a lot of people were playing it. uh, Feel free to send those in to soapstonepodcast at gmail.com or... You can join the discussion on Facebook before uh, Zuckerberg runs it into the ground at facebook.com slash Soapstone Podcast. And as always, we'll see you in the next one. Have a good Thursday evening.